episode of Real Talk with Bella. I am joined by my co-host, Chanel Omari from Chanel in the City, Bella's publisher, Jennifer DeSillis. And we're going to be talking, she's going to be introducing two amazing organizational experts um, in a little bit, because that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today, which is regardless of what's happening in the world with COVID-19, um, decluttering our homes, decluttering, decluttering our lives. Um, I personally went into um, nesting uh, the first week. Uh, it reminded me of when I was pregnant um, that I literally started to just clean out my closets, clean out my drawers. So if I, who hate organizing, went into that mode, I can only imagine that that is how many of us are coping with the time right now. Um, and I, I personally can't wait for you to give us some insight as to why that is happening to us and also some insight as to what best practices we can implement um, in our day-to-day -to, -day, um, to not just help the time go by, but to also help our mental uh, and emotional well-being. Chanel? It's funny you say that, Vanessa, because, you know, during these times, it's the high holidays, Passover and Easter. So we have Passover we're celebrating tonight, and I hate cleaning. I'm the biggest mess anybody will ever know. And so I just organized um, my room for Passover specifically and, like, really reorganized. And I realized how, like you said, decluttering and organizing means more than just the physical part, but, like, the mental part. And it gives you clarity. It keeps you focused. It keeps you spiritual. So, you know, it's just interesting that at a time like this, like in Passover, we learned that we were in Egypt, the Jews were slaves, and then we got out of it after like the 10 plagues. And now we're experiencing one main plague, which is the coronavirus. So our experts can help us through this really <laughs> difficult time and also explain to us, because I don't even know if I organized my room right. So maybe you could give us like the right tips on like how to actually declutter our mind and our space. So without further ado, please welcome Patty Moresi, she is a lifestyle and decluttering expert. And we have Catherine King, the founder of Invisible Culture, uh, who's also a psychologist. And she's going to talk through us um, the mental health aspect of all this. And so I wanted to go into a little bit, Patty. Um, thank you guys for joining us on Zoom. You know, through not just in general, but now that it's COVID-19, a lot of people are saying that the virus stems from not being clean and not you know cleaning your surfaces to prevent the virus and to get rid of the virus and really you know taking care of yourself boosting your immune system why is or like why did you start the organizing business why specifically organization how does organization help us declutter our lives uh, well i started my organizing business really as part of a life transition of, of starting with how do i want to live my perfect day what does that look like and for me it's slow coffee in the morning, not having a boss, being in control of my time, having more time with my family, being able to take a walk in the woods when I feel like it. It was much more about ideal lifestyle than it was about love of organizing. And ultimately that's what I helped my clients achieve is their ideal lifestyle. And using the home as a launch pad, I, I think about my job is ultimately to help people set up supportive environments and like Catherine, I have a mental health background. My job before becoming a tidying consultant was I was a director of training at a crisis hotline. Hmm. So I know how to help people navigate crisis at this time uh, as well. Like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I, I went to school yeah. for education. So I studied um, in my country. We do take three, three out of the four years um, is psychology. So anything that has to do with behavioral aspects and human behavior, I'm, I'm like, 
pulling up a chair and getting the popcorn out just because anything that can just help not just me but my family um and even my colleagues you know be better um people and just you know have better lives ultimately like i'm paying attention and i'm tuning in and it's interesting that you're saying that this was um more of how you wanted to live your life than a career seeking seeking tra transition so that's um really fascinating to me um so congratulations on that cannot because not everybody can say that they're living um their life at, and also making a career out of just you know the ideal lifestyle so that's awesome and also a lot of times we don't we don't i don't think we connect mental health with it being physical like some people are like oh i got into organizing for fat because of the fashion industry or to style or they don't realize it's like what you said it's just like this is the way i want to actually live my life you know so that's helpful mm -hmm. too mm -hmm. yeah everything that we keep reflects an intention that we have so i define clutter as being surrounded by things that are not supportive of the person you're becoming. Often it represents an old stage and old, and we're all dealing with a collective transition right now. So that with that disruption comes the opportunity to reassess what are we keeping in our lives and whether this is a temporary, people are viewing this as a temporary point or as a, as a, you know, transition point of there's a before and there's an after. Our homes, no matter what, for everyone has to be serving a lot more functions right now. So it has to be a school space, a workspace, a home space. Um, it has to, <laughs> hello, my daughter, um, it has to, <laughs> it has to <laughs> accomplish a lot more things for us. So we do have to make some adjustments and redesign our spaces um, for the functions that they need to serve. So I'm happy to, to be here and thank you for inviting me to dive into these topics. Awesome, thank Catherine. You. Yeah. Thank you for having, um, inviting us as well. My background is in organizational psychology, so I'm really working with how groups work. My, my background is how people work together, whether the group is a dyad or a work group or a team. And most of my experience is in Fortune 500 companies, but what I'm finding is during this time of stress that a lot of the tools that these big Fortune 500 companies have access to are going to be very useful to people because as um, Patty just said, we're going, everyone's going through a global transition. So normally I'm training people who are moving internationally and I talk about the highs and lows of the transition cycle, the honeymoon period. Oh, I'm going to do everything I dreamed about doing yeah. when I never had the time to do it. And then the first dip, which is, I can't keep doing this at this level and go. When I was reading your bio, I actually, um, I, I felt um, just fascinated, obviously, by the work that you do, because I am originally from the Dominican Republic. So I moved here and I am a shoe hoarder. If anybody knows me, they know I'll be I'll be texting Jennifer pictures of like that. I sh I buy shoes like maybe every other day. It's really I haven't lately because obviously like where am I going? Um, I think I put on real shoes today for the first time in the past since we've been in quarantine. But um, the the I remember having to leave you know basically my life you know what my life was in the dominican republic to come now to this new life and i i mean i had a full-blown meltdown the day before that i was um leaving because it was just kind of like the realization of 
holy shit, I am at this. Um, maybe that was my dipping point. Maybe the dip I hit it sooner. But it was like, oh my God, everything that I know, everything that I'm used to, everything is completely changing. And my husband now, then at the time, boyfriend lived in like a bachelor pad. So I was like, oh my God. And I had like my own apartment, my own two bedroom apartment, um, which was mine. It was like my domain, right? So I thought it was really fascinating that you help people transition in those aspects because it was um, not just culturally, you know, the changes and, um, you know, even if you're moving to America, which globally, um, this is kind of like the culture that everyone aspires to fit into. Um, there are things still to this day, you know, that um, I'll be talking to a colleague that she'll make reference of something that I guess I'm supposed to know because I grew up here, but I, and I'm like, I'm looking at her and I'm like, no idea what you're talking about. Like, and then I'll go back, like, how long ago was that? Oh, that was DR day. So I don't know what you're talking about. And they have to kind of like, you know, remind yeah. me of and, and set the, 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 the scene so that I can get the joke or get the reference. So um, I, I mean, let's dive right in um, because you both touched on something really, really, uh, we're, I mean, we're all feeling this tinge, this pain, um, this anxiety, and some days are better than others. And, um, you know, I, for the most part, I, I try to start out my week organized you know as a mom of two boys you know what doesn't in my head like what what didn't get done on sunday won't get done till the following sunday my husband yesterday i made a joke i was like oh i'll give the dog a bath this weekend and he's like really why wait for the weekend where are you going tomorrow and i'm like damn it he's right <laughs> damn it i'm like well i don't want to he takes baths on sundays you know in a, in a, in a perfect world this is what so how do we begin to um unload number one emotionally right all of this and 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 you know i love the fact that you're both mental health professionals because because we're not getting advice from i mean not that anyone cannot give you advice if they've been doing it for a while but this is really um when how can we connect like the the reasoning right um of the tinge of why we're feeling the pain that we're feeling and how important it is um to incorporate some sort of structure especially now that we do have this time, right? Um, Catherine, if you wanna go first on that. Um, I think that the idea of mental and physical clarity in your aesthetic, the aesthetics, the space, having all that beauty and as much beauty as we can find and create um, will be at different levels for different people. So first let's just talk about the physical space, the decluttering of the home and the, the physical spaces. As Patty was saying, we have to reorganize our homes to serve more functions. But the other thing that's happening, speaking to what you're talking about, is that we're also having to redefine our roles in the home. So I'm a working mother. I wasn't cooking and doing the cleaning. I was working. But I don't mind doing the cooking and cleaning because this is the time it's short it's limited and i know there's something precious that i can get out of it i've been wanting to you know redo this or do that but for some people um that that decluttering is the difference between feeling like in control and not being in control and so chanel what you were talking about earlier about or somebody was talking about earlier about attacking the closets and things like that that's something we can control and I think that right now when we can separate what we can control and what we can't control and then just really stay in the realm of what we can control, even if it's cleaning out the closet, then 
if we can keep mental clarity, which we can talk about a little bit, we not confuse too much of the, the answer with that. But um, so that's what I would say on that. I think the other thing that we can do is we can just, I don't know if anybody's had this experience where you wake up in the middle of the night, you get this monkey brain. It's like, well, what are we going to do about this? And where the kids are going to go to school? And how am I going to set them up for school in the house? Or well, what about my job and my work and my week? Okay. And what about my chair? Or my this or my that? Or the people that need me? And how are they going to pay their bills? All these things. And, and are they going to be safe? And our parents are in different locations. So many people are facing the same challenges of being, I have a friend who just lost her, her father in France and she can't go. You know, so keeping in mind all of this heartbreak collectively that people are also focusing on that what's in our control, what's out of our control, put what's out of our control and whatever you want to call it on the couch, in the God box, something like that. And if we do get into those what if moments or in the future, if we don't take care of this, this is what's going to happen and just come back to the moment. Because in this moment, mm -hmm. we are okay. In this moment as a family, we are safe. In this moment, everybody is still in this in solidarity together. I'm not, I didn't buy five pounds of rice. I bought 25 pounds of rice. I'm not going to sit in my house and eat rice if my neighbor doesn't have rice. You know, so, and I know that I'm not the only one. And I know that there's community building going on and that we're going to look out for each other and we're going to be okay in the end. And I think having faith in something, whether it's spiritual or whether it's logic, can be very, um, very decluttering. Staying in the moment is the best mental decluttering way. Uh, I, I wanted to say that on that note, like decluttering, right, means different things for different people. Like I've noticed, like my comfort is more like not, 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 not waking up and showing up, but just like a sweatsuit or being more uncomfortable, like gear, you know, sometimes not organizing and is I don't know if this sounds weird or abnormal, but like sitting in your mess, like, is there a right or wrong during this time? Like you said, there's times where you can like take up, you know, Patty, like the time and really organize and it's really good for your mental health. It's really good for your physical health. It's just good all around. But, you know, are there boundaries? Like, is it okay also to like chill and hang out and kind of sit within your mess and reflect and see what you're going to move on with and what you're not. Cause a lot of times, like, I don't know if other people feel torn. Like I feel torn, you know, when it comes to that, do you want to mm -hmm. like talk a little mm -hmm. bit about that? Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that up. I think there's some cycles that we've gone through. The first one is the immediate reaction and the immediate coping. As Catherine said, it's a way some, some people are going to respond to the crisis by um, staying busy and that's their coping mechanism of choice and being active. I'm reading, I'm reading the Anne Frank diaries with my daughter right now. And mm -hmm. Anne um, talked about her experience of um, when they first settled in, settled into the annex, her and her dad were the, um, I forget the exact word, but basically the tidiers who unpacked all the boxes and set everything up while her mother and her sister sat in a depressive stupor. And that's what they needed to do at that moment in time. And neither are good. But then Anne described as she settled into her journal, it was writing her thoughts down in that journal for the first time that helped her really acknowledge what was happening to her. So if we need to stay busy to prevent ourselves from the initial shock of this, that's good. But there is going to come a point in time where we need to confront reality and sit in that place and acknowledge that. But I think we're kind of moving past the shock, initial shock, and we're getting to the, okay, how are we going to settle into this new normal? And where does organization um, come into place in that where you're sitting in the environment and how much mess tolerance um, do you have? 
for me, I, I organize well enough. I call, I actually call it natural order. I am, I do not promote the idea of perfectly manicured shelves and drawers. If people that brings them authentic joy, that's great. But I think that can be a control device that is taken to an unhealthy extreme, just like any other, um, you know, kind of like almost like disordered eating. I call it home dysmorphic disorder of not letting go of. So the, there is a practice of I'm just going to let the laundry basket sit there because right now we're playing a board game and I don't need to obsess about that and um, and ha and practicing a little bit of that grace and faith in the process. So ultimately, the the method of organizing that I follow, it's not just the results that have the impact of a beautiful decluttered space that performs a function, but the process itself of giving you something tangible to do. These practices of mindfulness and gratitude and reflection and faith and casting a vision for what the future could look like. These are all practices, things that require practice. And if you're finding yourself stuck at home and you haven't done these before, that can be really hard. Like we're, we're telling you to meditate, but if you've never had a practice, it's hard to access that. But people yeah. have washed their dishes. They've put away things. They've put away their clothes before. So when you take out all of your clothes from the closet and you decide mm -hmm. what do you like, what don't you like, it gives you, it sort of tricks you into tuning into how do you feel. And you're making decisions about clothing. You're not making decisions about life or relationships. You're just like, do I want this pink shirt anymore or not? And it helps you recognize and mark transitions, um, especially at, the, at this time where we're stuck inside and our physical environments aren't changing very much, to recognize that there are things that come into our life, they serve a purpose for a temporary period of time, and then they can leave. Helps us remember that time passes, that there's a rhythm to life, and that this situation that we're in right now while um very very grand and we don't know when it's going to end it will end at some point and going through your things can be uh, a reminder of that and and to help you practice all of these practices that we preach as mental health professionals awesome no i was gonna say i i always you know just called myself um or or called my messes like organized messes because i uh, as a visual person, um, I have photographic memory and I remember the specific place where I left something and, you know, I'll be home or I'll be at my office and I can call my son and tell me, go on the top shelf right next to, you know, such and such thing. There you'll find that, that because it's just been so, the way that I've kind of um, managed. Um, but as things begin to pile up, I then shut down and have a really hard time tackling the order of things again. Um, and so for the most part, um, when I can't do it myself, I obviously hire somebody else to do it. I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I just, you know, I'm like, mm -mm. <laughs> I, I, I made it, I'm not cleaning it up. Um, but you know, it's not the case at this time. Obviously I don't have, you know, my cleaning crew like I used to uh, coming to the, my house and helping me kind of maintain a sense of order. Um, so what do you tell, and I don't want to sound um, like privileged and like these are things that are, you know, like I don't want it to sound, but you know, that's just the reality of how we lived in our home. Because um, there's obviously bigger things to be concerned about. When you mentioned, you know, the passing of a loved one, I had a family member pass away on Monday in the Dominican Republic. And my, my initial reaction was to get on a plane and go home. 
to be with my family. And my husband looked at me and he said, you do realize you cannot leave um, right now. Like this is the worst possible time that you could leave right now. Like you are, he's like, you don't even know if you're going to be able to come back into the country, which as I'm finding out um, flights and information, um, there's actually canceled flights from the Dominican Republic back here. So I could have left, but I don't know if I would have been able to make it mm -hmm. back. So I said, I sat down with my husband. I said, okay, so the money that I would have spent on flights and whatever, can we at least send that to my family? Because it's at least a it, it allows me to feel like I'm doing something. Um, cause I can't be there, but what can we, like, what can we do? Um, and it, I'm going to be honest, it didn't help um, completely. Um, you know, my aunt was very grateful, but I still, um, even this morning, you know, I had to like collect myself because I, on, in a moment like this, I would have been with my family 24 seven um, and that can't happen. But going back to what I originally said about, you know, tackling the mess and just kind of freezing um, after you've created it. Because at the end of the day, you, I, I made it, but then I don't want to clean it up. Mm -hmm. I just don't. <laughs> that, so, so what you're talking about with the recall of remembering where you place something, I think the reason why I, I am good at what I do is because I'm not that naturally organized. I can't actually contain all of that in my mind. And if it's not orderly, if there isn't a system to it, it falls apart probably a lot faster than it falls apart for you. Okay. And so David Allen is wired similarly. He wrote the book, Getting Things Done. Um, it's sometimes referred to as the GTD which method. I, which I will buy tonight on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he's famous for Inbox Zero. Um, okay. but he talks about having a trusted system and reducing the amount of things that, um, reducing your mental RAM. So mm -hmm. when all of these ideas and thoughts, and when you have to remember where everything is kept in your home, and as women in the home, we carry more emotional labor. So we're not just responsible for our stuff, but sometimes we're, we take on the responsibility of remembering where everyone else's stuff is and like, honey, where's my wallet kind of stuff, yeah. right? Or mom, where's my soccer jersey? Like we have to contain all of that in there. And so at some point you short circuit and, and your mental RAM can't, contain all of that. So I say, I have a spot for my umbrella, not because I'm type A organized, it's because I'm not, because I can't <laughs> hold that in my head. If you ask me what I'm doing tomorrow or even this afternoon, I don't know. It lives in my calendar and my calendar is responsible for telling me what to do next. So your mind is a terrible container. Yeah. There's also another book, The Mayo Clinic's The Guide to Stress-Free Living. And they talk about open files. So all these things that we have lingering around the house, um, undone tasks are just nagging at us and, and um, there are all these open files. So when I'm decluttering with people, I'm saying, we're just going to close a bunch of open files today. And that's why you immediately feel that sense of relief because you just acknowledge, I'm never going to mend that skirt. It's time for it to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that, on that note, I was going to jump in and ask, you know, when do you know? So I was going through my stuff too, like to throw, what should I keep? What should I throw away? I think, especially during this time, because it's a highly anxious time, you feel like you want to keep everything. Something has sentimental value. What? So for those of us out there that have never even begun to clean or organize in our lives, and we've lived lived our lives a messy life, what what's like a quick tip or easy tip that we could start first? Because I know like when I look at receipts, even I'm like, it's not that you, it's not the physical labor as much as the emotional emotional stuff. Like Vanessa, you were talking about earlier, like confronting your emotions 
and like having to go and dig deep through and open this cabinet of basically worms. You think it's just one receipt or one book or 10 pieces of paper, but then you realize you have to look through your past or your present. So how do you, how do you, you know, take turns of like, how do you decipher, like, what should I keep? What should I let go during this time? Like, how do I rip this off? Like a quick bandaid, Jennifer chime in as well. Cause like, you're pretty organized. I feel Yeah. Um, you're good with like, t- Jennifer's really <laughs> I was going to say, listening, listening really to you guys, I think it's so, um, it, it like struck a chord hearing that you are both um, professionals in the mental health industry because my my life, my organization is directly tied to my mental state, right? So if I, you know, am away and I come home and I have a suitcase, like I can't leave that suitcase sitting on the floor with clothes. Like I, it has to be cleaned up and put away. Like I can't have dishes in the sink. They have to be done. Like I can't look at messes and I can't, have clutter around me because if I, if I let it start to build up mentally, I start feeling drained, tired, unproductive. I don't want to do anything. Like I cannot be in clutter. If I could live in a white room of all white objects, like I would, I would, I throw everything away. I don't keep clutter and I, I feel it mentally. Like when I start to clean or organize, I immediately feel more energized and I can think more clearly if there's a mess, it, it almost drains me. And I don't know what that means, but it's just, I have, I, I definitely see the link between my, um, my living space, my, my surroundings and my mental state. Catherine. Uh, well, this is a, I'm glad that you brought that up, Jennifer, because you perfectly described the ideal environment for a certain type of person. And what we have to recognize as we're living in closer quarters with people, like I've been married for over 20 years, but I've never had to be in the same house with him during work hours. Right. You know, and so now that we're all changing all the different <laughs> roles and, and now it's going well, it's going well, we're doing, we're doing well. We got in your house. <laughs> we got the we team on, but what it's really forced me to do is to use my work in my personal life. So in my work, um, facilitating teams working across cultures, a lot of it is about accepting that we're different from each other. And then when someone throws out a snide comment or a little, a logical comment, Vanessa, like, well, that doesn't make sense, right? Well, I'm an emotional person. I don't make decisions logically like this, especially when it's death, right? So we have to recognize some people see the world through their feelings, some, and they might want a cozy corner like I do with a little aromatherapy thing. Some people might want white, modern and that gives them their emotional well-being another person might want it to be super fun and that's what makes them feel calm so one of the things that we can do as we're living with other people in our homes is we can recognize when someone does something we think is rude or we think is difficult we can suspend judgment just like we would if we were going to japan and because we're now reintroducing to ourselves to each other in first, second, and third level distress, which is the first time some people in the world are ever even experiencing that. This is fascinating um, that you're saying this because, you know, even when we are thinking about new projects around the home, my husband and I have very different senses of um, what cozy means, what, um, you know, what decor is I because I grew up um in you know with secondhand furniture um 
and we would spruce it up and make it look nicer. I always gravitate towards things that have some sort of character or I would be happy. Like I would be, you leave me at a flea market and to shop for my home, like I would go crazy finding things with character and that stories. Um, and there are pieces in my home that, you know, that I managed to sneak into the house without him knowing, cause he would be like, I want new, I want stainless steel, I want straight, I want gray and black and like all, <laughs> That's just, but it is so frustrating when then on the weekend, you know, the weekend, cause my husband is still going to work every day. Um, I have made it obviously a point to keep the house a little bit more organized than it would typically be. Um, but it's really interesting to understand the reasoning behind why we bump heads um, with certain things because to a certain extent he he like he gets it but he doesn't get it you know what I mean like but he because in my mind um, you know my husband grew up in Iowa on a farmhouse and it is the cutest little cottage but like I walk into his home and I'm like I don't understand why you want like stainless steel across the board if this is how you grew up it's literally like a gingerbread house you know like it's it's so and I would and I like curl up on the couches because it's like to me it's perfection um for him in our and so we have like this really weird mix um and he'll come in and he's like what is happening right now and I'm like I'm curled up on the couch with 30 blankets on me and he's like you know this is such a mess and whatnot so that's really fascinating that there is a reasoning um, behind that and why I guess couples fight so much. Well, yeah, I, was I, actually, I, would, I, I would actually just add that yeah. we're born this way. Yeah. I'm born seeing the world through my feelings. My husband's born seeing the world through his thoughts right. yeah. and his logic. It's the yin yang, it's the opposites attract. And now in this new roles and these new environments, we have to suspend judgment and go, this is how you're different from me. Yeah. And part of the compassionate response that we have, whether it's in the workplace or in the family now, listening to the family team, is if you're giving me something that's assertive or aggressive or I think is rude or that I find offensive, my immediate stress response might be to give you something back, invite you deeper into stress. But when we're with our loved ones and if we're recognizing, oh my gosh, somebody's acting out, it's because they're maybe not getting something they need or they themselves are under stress. So the last yeah. thing we want to do is invite them deeper in. So also just because my, you know, my world is about how we're different and how we can combine all of our differences to create a common goal or get to our shared, our shared goals. It's interesting that you say that because like I, my roommates are my parents and my mom's definition of organizing is so different or cleaning or decluttering is different than my you know, interpretation of it. I can only try my best. I'm not the most organized person. I feel the reason for that is because my excuse my whole life is it made me more creative, which is probably not the truth. It's just a myth that I like to believe so I don't have to clean anything. But at the same time, you know, it's interesting that it, it does hurt friendships or relationships. And right now we have to accept that we're different. And if somebody is acting out, you know, I always say to myself, how do I manage if my mom's acting out or somebody has act or I'm acting out, if somebody's not doing something that I feel is my interpretation of organization, you know? So it's interesting that we have to be more sensitive towards that and just, you know, try different 
different things. What would your advice be to have a successful, well-rounded mind on that note? Like, how can we have the most organized, since we all have different interpretations and different triggers, what's like the first thing we should start with? Uh, can you repeat the question? I didn't understand. Uh, what's the first thing we should start with to have like a well-rounded, mentally healthy mind, like a decluttered mind? I think that the first thing is what I talked, the first thing would be for me, stay in the moment, take, take inventory and say, right now I'm okay, my family's okay, right? I can't spin out to thinking what's gonna happen to my father in California or my mother in her assisted living home. I have to have faith that right now everybody's okay. That's the first thing, if the mind starts going crazy. The second thing is to remember that some people are born not detail-oriented. So Chanel, if you don't organize the same way that she does, that might just be a reflection of your uniqueness, of your authentic self. And there are also some people who, like in Google Works, they wrote about how some of the leadership is suspicious if your office is too clean or if your desk is too clean. How can you be creative? Right. So I'm really what I'm advocating. I don't think that, Jennifer. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer could teach us all a thing or two how to be organized. Also. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I, I rely. And it's a, to, a trigger, too. To That's the what I'm point saying. of that, though, I rely a lot on her to keep me organized. Exactly. Because, That's, um, yes. I just, and I learned in time to be accepting because before I saw it as a weakness. And um, one of the things now, even when I'm hiring, um, you know, when I was hiring new people, I'm like, I will tell them, listen, I'm a fire starter. I'm not the, and then I walk away. Like I begin things. So your job is to follow through, get them done because that's not my role. Like I, you know, will, and, um, you know, <laughs> I felt, I felt kind of bad and cause she's like, and she, she's like, so basically I'm going to have to follow you around with a pad. I'm like, pretty much. Cause I'll start. And, but to your point about being creative, Chanel, I attest that too. being, my brain is a thousand times, a minute, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's, it, it is um, just processing information um, to the point where I actually have to take um, melatonin or do like to be able to fall asleep because I can't shut it off. I, I can't, it's just been how it's how I'm wired but I think so, the first step is also yeah. owning it like owning which I do but it, which I do too and then but it doesn't it. take away the fact that I do in my home I do feel um anxious and stressed when I look at a room and I'm like what the hell blew up in here you know it's like um and then again right now like Why with my think I wonder that's what's fascinating but with my, though, my mom see, like that too. in this moment in this yeah. specific moment that we're all in with my children the conversation that I had with them and I mostly with my husband because my husband still comes home expecting to find an immaculate space every day and I'm like dude listen this is all we have right yeah. here right now this is all we had we weren't even like let's not pretend that we were organized before this happened because we weren't you know like i'm not gonna magically become martha stewart overnight now so and the kids they obviously need their own outlets not just in their room then they need to change a space you know they come they'll come into the toy room they'll go outside and i'm like this, we just have to take it with a grain of salt on a day-to-day -day basis you were gonna jump in um, Patty before. Oh yeah. So, yeah. so I want to, um, introduce this idea of freedom within limits. It's a Montessori term. Mm -hmm. And when you walk into a Montessori classroom and you see two-year-olds cutting flowers for snack time and wiping the tables and taking out their own work and putting it away, 
you realize if two-year-olds can do it, we all can do it. Of course. And it's, it's um, the, this is about the creativity piece of sometimes if you know that you're kind of this wild creative, and I consider myself that too, like my house, I'm not someone who puts things away immediately after I use them. I, I'm like a, a slug with like a trail <laughs> of activity. And you can be like, what did Patty do today in the house? So I have a habit of like the once a day tidy up where I go and tuck everything back. And that's my container. That's my limit that I've decided for myself. And that affords me the ability to like go wild and take out all the ingredients or take out the supplies or move the books around and do all the things because I know that there's a reset point. Whereas sometimes you can block your own creativity if you don't have that container because you're afraid of spiraling out of control. So a two-year-old knows that I have the freedom um, and the autonomy to paint whatever I want, whenever I want. Um, it's not going to be a paint by number, highly controlled situation. That gives me the freedom to access and to be an independent character in the story. Um, but I am expected to not make a mess. I'm expected to respect the, the materials. And so as a parent or a teacher in that situation or self-regulation of, um, I have the freedom to do these things, but it has to happen within this container. So with kids, we're managing their spaces of, you can keep as many toys as you want that fit into this box. So they get to decide what they get to keep. They get to decide how they keep it, but you define either the space or the time limit some of that kind of structure can be very helpful. And I just wanted to also not lose the, the love of second hands. I mean, I am a total reuse. That's part yeah. of um, the method that I follow in organizing. You don't have to go out and buy all of these fancy organizing products. You don't have to buy brand new stuff. So this is, it's super accessible. It's really about reallocating the things that you have. And um, right now in the decluttering process, there aren't many options for getting things Correct. out of your home <laughs> yeah yeah right Catherine, so if you wanted to, yeah i yeah. mean i i i find that um i just his perception of secondhand things are just tied i think into his values and of um and i think that's a, that's um whether we want to acknowledge it or not it's just obviously what we find to be a value or not you know the things that we ultimately prioritize or not like i don't need a new couch as long as it's comfortable and it matches my you know overall decor i'm okay with it um but catherine you were going to jump in i i for to that one um i can't remember what i was jumping into <laughs> for me no, what I, I think that what you said vanessa early i love what patty just said about creating like the boundaries the healthy boundaries so that people can move and have their different space also vanessa i'm similar to you and that it brings me anxiety to think to see things that i can't get done and so what i did was i spent some time to create an organized mess and i said well normally i wouldn't put stuff underneath this place but right now i have way more groceries in my house so i normally have three but you know three bags just enough for us for the next two or three weeks yeah. and so i'm just going to live with this space i'm going to accept that this is my organized mess and then when i don't have time to do anything else this is like the closet that I don't have, or this is like, uh, and hopefully if you have a big enough house, then it's not an issue. You go to your closets, you put stuff away and you can hide them for the moment. But I love the idea of not having that space to just toss stuff into so it ends up going down into some black hole. And I think that what you said also, Vanessa, about acceptance is the first step, coming back to Chanel's question, acceptance of our true differences and that I genuinely want my loved ones to be their authentic selves. 
And that might mean that I have to be intentful in my adaptation. So acceptance and adaptation are the two silver bullets to getting along with people in these closed quarters. Because the first thing we have to do is say, hey, if I was at work working with someone from China, I would learn about how they're different. Right? right. So, yeah. But yeah. We, we, take, we take that for granted at home. But in these times, it requires intent to really look deeper into how we're different and to understand that those differences are that person's unique self. We're born this way. We're born either being more organized or less. We're born being detail-oriented or not. We're born being creative or thinking and logical or data-based and fact-based. And, and we have science for it. It's NASA-based science. We know that out of the six personality types that they had measured, that there's science to tell us exactly how they're gonna go into stress, what their favorite environments are, first level, second, you know, like somebody who tries to over control. Yeah. That's part of a first level distress or somebody who goes into a corner. Some people need to go into a corner and be alone or other people, they need to make sure the house is nice. Like you said, you went back into nesting. That's a reflection of your personality. Somebody who wants it to be perfect and organized and orderly, that's a reflection of their personality. And so what we want to do in these times is accept that we're different, accept we can't be perfect because trying to get someone to be perfect in is in and of itself a, a, an invitation in distress, right? right? Trying right. to get our kids to be perfect, trying to get our spouses to be perfect. Yeah. So, you know, it's an invitation in distress and let go of that perfection, accept that we can't make it perfect and then see how much can I adapt without threatening my own well-being, right? Because yeah. some people some people are born to adapt, to over-adapt and then let go of their own needs. So we want to be cautious about that. Yeah. And then finding acceptance and adaptation, it's just a constant, like it's a constant weaving of a fabric. It's a, Catherine, it's, it's, I love yeah. what you said about the, the organized chaos and the, the bags of food. You mentioned the big bags of rice. And uh, that's where, you know, we're talking about gratitude as being such a powerful tool right now to help people cope and, and recognizing whatever forms of abundance exist for us. And that's the method of organizing that I adhere to is it's an, always an opportunity that the objects in our home are this prompt for gratitude. So I was in the same thing. I'm not someone who has this huge pantry. So I had to go out and my grocery <laughs> shop was not at all any form of hoarding or paranoia it was like I actually just run out of groceries every week and I can't be that person at this at this time yeah so when I was trying to make room for those things in my home it was an expression of gratitude I'm grateful I'm grateful that I have the means to be able to buy a surplus of groceries and I'm not yeah. week to week I just finished reading the book made um, and I'm I'm really grateful for that and so there's no stress about okay this doesn't look like a magazine showroom right now but I'm just so privileged to even have these things available to me um, can really be grounding for us too. Yeah. I um, just, when you were speaking, Catherine, before on what you just said, Patty, just triggered like, um, it's really, I, get, I don't want to get lost into, in the, you know, overanalyzing who I am or how I grew up or whatnot. But the reality is um, that I move, we grew up moving around a lot. And it's something that has taken me, I mean, and I've been living in this home. This is this home that I live in today is actually the first time that in my life where I have a home um, in the sense of, you know, my husband and I bought a home together and it's a long, like we're not packing up and leaving in, um, in a year. Like we've been here eight years for, I can't remember um, probably when my parents were married, my first 
the first eight years of my life is when I lived in the same home for that amount of time. So I tell my husband, and it's, I don't use it as an excuse, and I think it's something real, and you too, please correct me if I'm wrong, where I grew up accustomed to packing up and leaving, packing up and leaving, or leaving, living out of boxes or living out of suitcases, just because we were constantly always on the move. And when, you, you know, you talked about, Jennifer, about getting back home from a trip and your suitcase has to be unpacked, I actually am like, I'm okay with it. It doesn't do anything uh, for me um, to leave a suitcase packed up with California stuff for two, like it does nothing to my psyche. Like it doesn't bother me. It doesn't hurt. It's there. No problem. Because I think unconsciously, I just grew up that way. And it seems so normal to me. Um, so in a sense, I think my disorganization um, or lack thereof is just because I'm, I'm used to things in boxes. They, like I just grew up that way and lived that way for so long that it's taken, I mean, I'm 41 years old. We've, my husband and I have been married almost 14 years. Um, and still like, that's the one thing he's like, but it's in a box. And I'm like, so what? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just think it's so fascinating what you're saying, because I'm the same way. Like I'll have my suitcases and it doesn't trigger me, but maybe subconsciously it's triggering me down the line. And I don't realize it. Like when we like lash out, sometimes I'll like lash out. Maybe it's all the clutter that's, you know, building up that I'm not realizing. Like my mom will say to me, it's the clutter. It's the clutter. I'm telling you, if you organize, you'll have a better life. It's like, go back to Queens. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's fascinating how like Jennifer mentally, that's something that she associates with mental health to be better with me. It almost like triggers my mental health because I remember my mom in my head. I remember an, a, a really organized apartment or clean apartment is like making me anxious that I have to be that. And that's where that's where I feel like you have to accept it. Like you said, own it, recognize it. And then want to intentionally want to be better. Cause intentionally I want to be the gens of the world. I don't want to be the Chanel's of the world who wants to be that. I mean, I want to be more organized. But there's I, just, nothing, I also think what they're both just, saying is there's nothing wrong with right. Any, right with it's any, a matter right. There's of, no right or wrong. It's well, a and I think it's also funny hearing like Vanessa, you said you moved around a lot. Like I actually, yeah. we moved around a lot too when I was younger. Um, and my mom was always very good at, you know, wherever we were, that would be our home. And, and she, you know, unpacked and she was very, she was always cleaning. She was always organized. She was always very on top of, you know, keeping things. Not, and, I, and that's obviously where I get it from. Um, I guess growing up, you know, watching her do that and like watch her like, okay, now we're going to put everything away. And I grew up with, I mean, two brothers who are messy and disgusting, but like, you know, she always kept everything very nice. And it is, it's, I mean, guys, I wash dishes as I cook. Like, I'll use something, and I know I'm done cooking with it, and I have to wash it. Like, it's, I don't like it. It's just, I don't know. That's just how, if, if like, I walk into someone's house, and, like, there's shoes, like, thrown around, I have to, like, line the shoes up and, like, put them. Where, but it's you interesting know. how you guys are, <laughs> but it's interesting how you guys use like organization, different organization skills to cope with mental health or all of us do, I feel right. It's just yeah. Like well, different. what you're talking about is that what's familiar to you is what you crave. And sometimes what's familiar is not always optimal or healthy. So if you want to interrupt that pattern, that's where your agency gets to show up and you get to make a choice of doing it a different way now. Um, and so when you 
feel like Chanel Damn maybe, it, has an <laughs> maybe you have an association with, with a with a controlling parent and your rebellious teenager who is differentiated yeah. from that parent says, I don't want to be like that. You know, it's it's the work there, the invitation there is to figure out how can you be the way you want to be, even if it resembles that, but on your own terms. Right. And without hurting others, of course, and with respecting others' boundaries as well. Because just because I realized earlier, just because I want to be rebellious doesn't mean it's okay. And doesn't mean it won't affect others around me as well. Just because I want to rebel against me. And the rebellion is actually the attachment. So the more you can actually tolerate uh, resembling your parent, the more uh, rebellious that actually is. Because you can say, I can... I can uh, I can be close to you in that way, and it doesn't make what you did or how you acted or uh, the trauma that was caused like acceptable. I can, you're so with decluttering, and even just we can practice this in in therapy. We talk about work on your own stuff. When it comes to decluttering, that's that's an idea that's hard for people to understand. What does that mean? Work on my own stuff. When it comes to organizing, literally only work on your own stuff. And so if there's something sitting around that's not yours, or there's a space that's not yours, you just don't try not to worry about it and try to create some boundaries. So this is where I'm having conversations usually with women around um, reclaiming your time and saying, I have a lot on my plate right now. I'm going to do this decluttering effort for me. You don't have to throw anything away if you don't want to. Um, but I'm not going to take responsibility for where you left your stuff, where you placed it. I'm not going to pick it up anymore. I'm just going to take responsibility for me and you take responsibility for you. Um, if you want help, yeah, I'm happy to help, yeah. but I'm not going to take on that anymore. No. And it's interesting what you're saying, because I think that's the tendency for women, especially mothers is that we are expect the expectation is for us to kind of be like the you know, the quicker picker up or behind our children. But I think, which is what I tell my husband all the time now too, is like, dude, they're old enough to pick up after their, themselves. Like I, I cannot be on top of four people in this house. And um, I I'm going to actually replay this part for him because um, as you're talking, I do realize like with my stuff, I am mostly organized with my stuff, like in my bedroom, because this is where I sleep. Like I can't sleep in an unmade bed. My bed has to be made. Even if I make it right before I get in, it has to be made like those little things like that. Um, but I do look around my, my room and for the most part, my stuff is organized. What's laying around, it's either my kid's stuff or my husband's stuff. And I am going to put that right back out there and be like, dude, I can only do me. <laughs> no, because at what point does it, um, you know, do, are you doing a disservice even to your own children by continuing to pick up after them, which is what my mother-in-law always did for him. Cause he'll bring it up. Well, my mom, and I'm like, Hey, I'm not your mom. And I have clients um, who tell yeah. me that who yeah. say, I never learned how to properly do this. And I just saw something, somebody posted on Facebook and it brought a lot of comfort to me around what if this time, instead of worrying about our kids falling behind from not maybe keeping up with their worksheets and schoolwork, but it's an opportunity to teach a lot of these life skills that have not really been properly passed down to our generation. Yeah. Um, and so taking the time, and I'm realizing that my daughter's making her bed consistently 
for the first time in her life because we're not rushing to catch a school bus in the morning. So I'm giving her that space to do it properly. We did a, a decluttering effort. We actually switched bedrooms last week. Like that was a big project for us. And it brought her so much excitement. She has more room. I don't mind having a smaller room because she needs her needs her room needs to perform more for her right now. She needs she's going to spend a lot more time in there. She's happy to be there. And then that gives me like I'm sitting here in the kitchen and it's mostly quiet because she's happy to be up in her space. Yeah. So we went through all of her things. She decided what she wanted to keep. And she was like discarding all of her um her dress up clothes that she no longer wants anymore. And that was like so heartbreaking to me as her mom that she's at, you know, that phase of her life is over. Um, and now we're learning about like how to sell and how to take photos. We're listing them on, um, I use an app called Mercari and she's obsessed with making money right now. So she's doing chores around the house, which is also an opportunity to build these life skills. So she gets, you know, 50 cents for this, a dollar for that. Um, and then she's also tracking her sales of her dress up clothes. That's amazing. That's just, it's, there's a lot of layers to all of this stuff that we're yeah. doing. Um, that's educational, emotional, connecting, it's helping her grow. So I just think we have to get a lot more out of every action that we're taking right now as well. And one more thing before we wrap up, I just wanted to like also state it's, we do have the responsibility on that note to like create these boundaries with the cluttering and the organiza organizing attached, excuse me, attached to mental health, because sometimes it could take a toll on your self-worth. Am I good enough? Am I, I might not even bother because everything I do is not good enough for that controlling parent or friend or colleague, whatever that reminder is, or messy colleague, messy friend that triggers you. I feel like we have to create, we have to educate people that don't let that, like you said, take a toll on you, accept a difference because that could affect your self-worth. And the last thing we want to do is obviously make people be harder on themselves or more down on themselves. I just know it's affected my self-worth. Like decluttering is so equal to me my whole life. You're not good enough. You're not going to ever be good enough. If you don't do every single thing perfect A to Z, you will never be good enough. So I obviously, I'm, a, I'm not a perfect person. I'm not a type A person. That's never who I've been. I've always been the person who made you laugh or, or put people's feelings before mine. So of course, I'm not going to be always meeting those expectations. So of course, I'm going to also go way against that, like the extreme, like sit in my mess, not be, you know, a clear a hundred percent, but now I'm realizing there's a boundary and you can take certain positive things from other people you respect and apply that to your own life. And you don't have to um, engage with other people's controlling behaviors or patterns or OCD, whatever they call that, or, you know, or hoarding, doesn't matter what it is. Really. Or just they're simply their needs, their basic their needs. simple needs. Yeah. I think that what you're saying, Chanel, is a great way to end it. Self self confidence based on authentic authenticity, accepting who we are authentically, accepting ourselves, getting to know what that means, accepting the other. And then when someone makes a critical comment, we don't take that in and say, Oh, I must not be good enough because I'm not perfect. We know that that's an invitation in distress. Right. Trying right. to have some us accepting trying to be is an invitation and distress. The best we could do is fulfill our needs and fulfill those the needs of our loved ones through communication. And so, and, and if we can accept our authentic selves, sex, accept the authentic other, and then build bridges, um, I, I think that that's, that's a big part of the physical and uh, mental decluttering for sure. Wow. Yeah, Catherine, I'm so glad you said that around that, that just acceptance and ultimately it's a practice of 
self-compassion, yeah. right? And the more compassionate we can be with ourselves, the more honest we can be with ourselves because as we judge ourselves, we think the judgment is effective in, in inspiring that the change we wish to see of if I just keep abusing myself enough. Um, and usually that voice is someone else's voice, right? But if I, if I just keep saying negative things to myself long enough, then I'm going to whip myself into shape. Whereas the kindness is actually what opens you up and allows you to see reality. And the kindness though is not, um, and the kindness and acceptance is, does not mean that we're, um, just taking the status quo, um, but it's allowing us to really show up and say, yeah, I could do better and I'm not going to judge myself. I'm just going to observe and, and try to put forth a little bit better of an effort tomorrow around if I want to make this change or not. Well, I think on that note, um, the big takeaway from the conversation um, is, you know, from wanting to be do or die organized, like from one extreme to the other, um, it's to really be accepting and doing what best works for you and your family, especially in this moment. Um, although, however, I am going to spend the next few days decluttering my entire house just because now, now I kind of have to. <laughs> um, one uh, piece of advice that you could give to everyone who is just trying to deal with the organized mess, you know, one quick takeaway from each of you that you can give them. Patty, you want to start? Uh, a quick, like just practical tip, you shared a lot of kind of theoretical advice is create an outbox in your home. That's so that when you're coming across things that are not serving you, you have a place to put them mm -hmm. for them to leave. Um, and that can be when, when this is all over, you can either sell them um, yourself on an app like Mercari or Poshmark or wait for the donation centers to open back up and drop them off when, when they're accepting again. Amazing. That's a great one. Catherine? Um, I guess for me in this time when there are so many people suffering out there, for those of us who have safe places and can feel our privilege, that we, we are privileged. I, yeah. I, I feel yeah. my privilege. Yeah. Um, just I think that the going back to the suspending judgment if somebody offends you is key, having compassion for the other person and then sharing whatever resources that we each have. There are great people out there that are doing so much amazing work. Um, Pema Chodron talks about a, a Buddhist technique called the Tonglen, where we can breathe into our pain, the pain of the stress, of this discord, of the, the change and the transition cycle that we're all going about, really own it. It's okay that we're experiencing it. We're not worth less because we're experiencing it. And then breathe out compassion to all those other people who are experiencing it. And I think that's one specific clear cut thing that people can do when they're feeling despondent or frustrated or they can't deal with the clutter anymore. And everything isn't as perfect as it could be is to breathe into it and go, it isn't as perfect as it's supposed to be. And I breathe out compassion to all the other people who are feeling this stress that it isn't as perfect as it can be. And in that somehow there's some kind of healing. Amazing. I could go on for days. Um, <laughs> this has been one of the most fascinating conversations that I think we've all had um, over the past few weeks. So thank you so much, everyone, for your time. Um, this has been super helpful, I know, for me personally, and I know that it, it's going to help others um, just you know, sit with the mess and deal with whatever it is that they're all going through. And um, hopefully we can um, continue to be grateful for the things that we do have. Um, and if the shoes are in the way, just walk over them and just tell them that's <laughs> 
That's your mess. That's your mess, not mine. <laughs> where can, where can, oh, and where can everybody follow you guys? Yeah. And make sure, obviously, to rate, subscribe, and comment on the podcast and yeah. join the conversation. Patty, where can we find you? Um, I'm, I'm at clearcultivate on Instagram or mercari.com. And you, Catherine? I'm on LinkedIn under Catherine King. There are a lot of us, but there's a picture of me in a big wave, as well as invisibleculture.com. Amazing. Thanks so much, ladies. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.